1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Well, we are going to get into a great conversation right now with Dr. Danny Huerta of Focus on the Family. And uh, he um, heads up one of their programs that um, has initiatives that equip mothers and fathers with biblical principles and counsel for raising healthy, resilient children rooted in a thriving faith. But today is National Make a Friend Day. Well, actually, it's coming up this week is National Make a Friend Day. And we're going to talk about friendship because that is a... Um, something that helps us throughout our lives. And it seems to be something that people are struggling with lately. And we're struggling through loneliness, anxiety, feeling separate from other people. And we need to build these traits again. So thank you so much, Danny, for being with us. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Excited about the topic. Yeah, Danny, it's always good to connect with you, especially when we're talking about something as simple as friendship. But it seems like what was once simple is now complicated. So why do you think making friends seems so much harder today than it was when we were kids? Yeah, I think that there are so many different uh, things pressing in. And one of them being that, that we don't do as much face-to-face time, and especially with, with preteens and teens, they assume uh, that that they can they can maintain friendships through texting and they they really end up finding out that uh, it's pretty lonely there uh, they they don't get the closeness and the benefits of being physically present with with others we've also seen a, a crisis of humility not being a a character trait that is as uh, prevalent among people and so. Uh, and that's such a key ingredient to be able to be a listener and somebody that actually cares about someone else. Uh, we're in a culture now where you're, you're self-protecting, uh, you're, you're self-actualizing, uh, you're, you're finding yourself. Everything's about the self. And so in a friendship, that gets kind of old after a while. And so there, there's, there's that. And then all the demands of sports and other things create uh, – time constraints. And to make a friend, you really do need to invest quite a bit of time. And uh, that time up front is something that a lot of people uh, don't, don't invest necessarily. And uh, actually, research says that you need about 50 hours in order to just move from acquaintance to the beginning of, of a friendship. That's 50 mm-hmm. hours of engaged time. Wow. Wait, 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 50 down. hours? I mean, uh, you know, I, I sleep sometimes. How, how in the world do you, like, dive? Is it, like, over the course of time or over the course of a year? So, Or is it just, like, investment takes at least that much time to really draw close to one another? 
Yeah, what they've said is that uh, within the first three to four months, you need 35 to 50 hours with an acquaintance to to begin to, to move into uh, kind of that next stage of, of initial friendship. And you need close to 200 hours to become a close friend. And so you think of the college students that are going in mm. with just a variety of things that they need to, to do, work, uh, studies, all of that. And then, that you know, they, they, had, they do have gatherings that are focused on uh, just social opportunities. Yet to have a close friend, you need, you need an investment of one-on-one time, doing activities together, conversation together. And uh, many people are not patient enough to get to that. And uh, even those 50 hours to get past the acquaintance place, just takes a lot of a lot of patience and then and then commitment that you want this relationship with this other person, and they're saying within <clears throat> within the first three to four months, that's what you're looking at uh, the, the investment being so that uh, it can move into that that friendship area. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes it make sense um, why when you're in college or when you're on a travel trip or if you're in the armed forces and the military, you make these lifelong friends because you have such sustained time with them and um, also going through the same life experience together. But then as we get older, we are our attention is captured by family and work and all types of activities. And you don't have as much energy, I think, to put towards building friendships. What do you think? That is absolutely true, and it's not because people don't want friends. Uh, and many times, if you ask parents, they aren't necessarily uh, lonely. They they are uh, just uh, maybe feeling alone in the the parenting thing. They do find friendships with other parents, but these are friend these are parents of the of, of their kids. It's not necessarily the friends that they would go out and look for and choose. And uh, it is a stage of life where you're. Um, you, you're, you have so many different demands, and yet friendships are so, so beneficial to uh, being able to make it through adversity, to feel supported, uh, to feel a sense of hope. I love Ralph Waldo Emerson, uh, a quote from him, it says, a friend is a hope of the heart. And mm-hmm. so true. If you look at Jonathan and David and the way that they interacted in Scripture, that, that shows you a a model of friendship where there's sacrifice, there's uh, there's attentiveness, attunement to one another, understanding of each other. It's a it's a great goal, and I do hear parents uh, saying, "Man, I wish I could spend more time with my friends." And I've noticed in in my friendships, uh, just by being a dad and and uh, talking to other dads, uh, dads have a hard time maintaining friendships. Uh, we have a, an easy time. Uh, just having conversation, many of us, and hey, you know, you shoot the breeze. But to maintain that deeper friendship, you've got to be so, so intentional. And I've noticed some of the friends that that I've had, uh, as I was preparing for this, even I was going, ah, oh, yeah, I want to call this one. It'd be great to do lunch. Oh, it'd, it'd be it'd be great to do something with this one. And yet at that point, I'm going, I'd, I'd love to go out to dinner with my son now at 19. And there's there's always really good intentions. We just We just have to uh, create that time to invest in, in the relationships that are important to us. So I'm excited to, to do lunch with a friend this week, lunch with another friend next week, and another one the following week. This really caused me to say, all right, I need to, to make that connectedness a priority within my own life because it creates growth and it creates opportunity outside of the home to 
uh, to interact with somebody, somebody that you really care about. In just a few days, it's going to be National Make-A-Friend Day, and we're talking about the value of friendship, how to, how to make friends. It takes time. And now we're going to talk about something a little bit more difficult. Yeah, and uh, Danny, I, I wanted to go into the issue of conflict in relationships, specifically when it comes to friendships, because that, I think, is a, a true test of friendship, is if you can actually make it through conflict to the other side, because so many of us get up to the wall of conflict and just say, that's it, I'm out. If we can't deal with this, then I don't want to be a part of this friendship anymore, and they're ghosting, and then all of these hurt feelings, when if you could walk through it, maybe that friendship has a chance of not only staying, but getting stronger. Walk us through conflict in a relationship. Yeah, so you're kind of saying national maintain a friendship day, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to get now, deeper. Yeah. I mean, it takes time. You said that like 50 hours over the course of three months yeah. to really develop that friendship, but it's going to stand a test. Mm-hmm. How do we get through that test? Yeah, no, I, I totally love the, the, the question, Tom. And I, Aristotle said, wishing to be friends is quick work, but friendship is a slow ripening fruit. And when you, when you think of, of just gardening, all that, there, there's pruning, all kinds of things that take place in order for that fruit to come. And so with friendships, man, you, you've got to, if, if you enter with humility and, uh, and care for the friendship, there's gonna, there's, there's gonna be some, there, there will be healthy conflict. Now, uh, this, this one's hard because naturally, when somebody accuses you of something or there's ghosting, you become self-protective, you become reactive, and in friendship, if you can, uh, you can focus on, on guarding the relationship, guarding and maintaining the friendship rather than self-protection and self-care, and going into that risk place you will see some ripening fruit from that friendship. The thing is that you don't have guarantee what the other person's going to do. And there's, there's autonomy and freedom for the other person to choose whatever they need to do with you entering in a healthy place. It's all you can control. And what you want to do is be able to share your thoughts, your opinions, but that man, that takes a lot of work to get to that place in friendship where you can be open and honest with each other the question is, do you listen to the other person? Do you show care? And when you enter the conflict, have you considered and weighed through what it is that you're bringing? So you bring it with gentleness, with wisdom, with, with purpose of, of, of guarding the friendship rather than just yourself and letting them know, hey, that hurt when you did this. Or uh, when, when you um, d- didn't call and, or didn't show up, so, boy, that really made me real upset at you. And I... Uh, what was going on? And you come in expecting the best in the other person rather than out of insecurity, expecting that they were trying to hurt you. Because most of the time, we're not trying to hurt one another. We're all in self-preservation mode and in reactive mode where there's something underneath that, an emotion, a fear, an insecurity that spills out within the friendship, trying to do friendship. And then there are hurt feelings in that. And what we can do is mend with each other be healthy with one another, because in that healthiness, as adults, we model something so important to our kids that friendships are not something you just consume and throw away. Friendships are something you guard, you build, you maintain, much like a house, much like a, a yard, a piece of real estate. You're, you're having the opportunity to maintain and to love another person, and it takes 
time, but it also requires the sacrifice and risk and a willingness to to be pushed to your best while you push another one to, to, to their very best. And in that, you find a richness that God has created within the uniqueness of having a friend. And uh, I think we do have a deficit of learning the maintaining of friendships. I think a lot of people can make uh, the initial acquaintance and the initial steps of a friendship, but to maintain one, that is so difficult for a lot of people. And I think we've lost that art because we are a consumer society wanting to trade in cars within three years, wanting a new house within three, four, five years, wanting new appliances with or needing new appliances real quick. So we're just used to turning things over, yet friendships can last a lifetime. And uh, how do we perceive friendships in that state? Uh, I do hear a lot of high school students going, well, I don't know, is it worth it coming to get new ones in college and then... Uh, you know, you, you rarely keep the ones in high school. Well, why not invest and see which ones can last past high school? Uh, mm-hmm. That's a great question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much Thank for just you. kind of walking us through that, Danny. Uh, we're talking about friendships with Dr. Danny Huerta, focus on the family. And it's such a rich thing to have a friend that's willing to walk with you, even in your u- ugly moments. It's healing. Mm. And um, Danny, you even mentioned that when you care for another person, you are transformed. And so much is in scripture about friendship. It's We're even called the friends of Jesus. So it's a high value, and we need to put that value on it and love those around us. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, Danny, it's always a pleasure to have you with us here on Mornings with Tom and Tommy as we're walking our way towards National Friendship Day.